another episodic podcasting adventure. It's Gentlemen, welcome back for another episodic adventure. It's your boy, Dez, at Docomania. I'm here with my co-host, your amigo, my amigo, my brother, coming back to Canada from the great old US of A. Got to give him a big welcome back. J-Boom! Welcome back, my brother. It is very nice to be back on the show. It's very nice to be back in the studio. Not going to lie. It's great. However, I'm not pleased to be back home. It is gray and relatively cold outside, and it's just killing the vibe, man. I feel like every time we're talking about weather, you're in a whole, whole, totally different realm than I am. I'm like, it's raining. You're like, it's sunny. It's snowing. There's a tornado outside. It's like, we just, what, what's, are you back in Canada? Where are you, man? Are you in the, the woods somewhere? Well, we are an hour apart, so there is a chance that the weather is not identical. But today wasn't, like, I mean, it wasn't horrible, but I'm used to, like, 32, 33 oh, okay. degree weather. A little bit of a spoiled princess over there. Because I'm looking out my window. I see the bright sun. And uh, I had to. I was driving home. I had to take my jacket off. I was in the traffic. And I'm like, damn, I'm melting. It's getting hot. You but had not, a not, jacket on. That's not, my point. Not Florida hot, though. Not Florida <laughs> no. hot. No, but it is nice to be back. And I want to take a second to uh, really praise Des on really pulling us through the last 10 days of Talkmania. I uh, I did some Instagramming and shit like that. Uh, I might have thrown out a tweet or two, but that's really much it. Everything else has been dead, so thanks, bud. Thank you, homie. And you know what? It's all good. You've been doing a lot for the show. You've been doing a lot for yourself and your family, man. You need to take some time off, have some beer, go by the pool, enjoy some time with friends and family. So I'm glad you got to do it. It's my pleasure. I'm sure you'll return the favor as well, too, when I abandon you. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad to have you back, though. All jokes aside, it's going to be great to have you back in studio. Production's at its best. And uh, when we put our minds together, we bring it at Takamania. So I'm excited. So much to go over. So much happened. It's so, so crazy. Much. While you're over there, there was just so much going on. I know. I felt like I was missing out on a lot. I didn't get to watch any of Raw or any of SmackDown. Oh, no, that's a lie. I watched a bit of Raw. Um in the intermission of the Bruins game, by the way. Bruins are in the Stanley Cup Finals. They were down 2-0 to St. Louis. They came back. They won the game. It was freaking awesome. But I did get to see, like, you know, Brock party with Brock Lesnar, which was pretty cool. Um, we'll get to that. But, yeah, I know I missed everything. I missed... I I know on the show I said I was going to watch Double or Nothing live, and then plans changed. People came over, and I just couldn't be that dick who went inside. So... So you were the dick that stayed outside. Yeah, pretty much. I was a dick that stayed outside. And then the next day, I literally spent the entire day trying to watch Double or Nothing between um, shitty internet at the villa and my kids being complete um, good kids. <laughs> it, it was tough. It took me like eight or nine hours to watch it. So Yeah, you were messaging me asking me like, don't spoil for me, you know, like I can't get I got shit links. The internet over here sucks and you weren't replying to me, but I was, but you were being a good trooper. You're like off your phone, off social media. So J-Bomb really tried his hardest and he did a very good job of staying yeah. away. And he actually, it was funny because 
I was there. I was watching live. I watched the show. It was, you know, well, we're gonna get, we're gonna get into it very soon, obviously. But Javon managed to stay away from AW for like a day or two, and then actually, I'd be receiving texts as he progressively went through the show. Oh my god, that happened! Oh my god, this happened! Oh my god! <laughs> so I was like, man, this guy was actually able to stay away. And there's so many things that I was like really wanted to tell you about and spoil, not spoil, <laughs> but I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so yeah, I but spent a lot of. I spent a lot of my trip doing that. I didn't watch the Game of Thrones um, finale live. Couldn't. Had people over as well. So I had to completely... That one was... Uh, I, I Actually, no. Double or Nothing in Game of Thrones was equally as hard to stay away from because literally every social media platform I had to be off of. Money in the Bank was pretty easy not to get spoiled. And in fact, I kind of spoiled myself on purpose before going and watching that back because I kind of didn't care. It's so funny. There's been so much going on and Money in the Bank just was right around... right passed around the corner i guess it just yeah. happened and i feel like it was so long ago and i don't even remember what happened <laughs> like it what happened again what's going, on? <laughs> what's going on in the wwe right now I, I don't know guys but we're gonna get into it but before we do guys make sure to give us a follow on twitter at underscore talkamania make sure to check out instagram talkamania jbom was on there posting some cool stuff uh he was into i guess beast slash Bruins mode for the hockey. Uh, he was out there chugging beers back. Really funny stuff. Go back and check it out. And uh, again, this guy's wearing a Bruins shirt right now. He's decked out. He's living the dream. He's like, get home and let's get this thing done so I can get <laughs> on the TV and watch that shit. So I'm happy for him. His team's in the finals and, uh, you know, good for him. Yeah. So, J-Bomb, you want to continue with our plugs? Yeah, guys, of course, uh, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, it kicks from. I just stole your line. Uh, and I also, want to make sure you're not rusty still. Come yeah. on, we're cutting you back in. Let's go. Also, Full Press Radio every Thursday morning at 11 o'clock Eastern. You can hear our newest episode air on their waves. And uh, check them out at FP Coverage and, of course, at FPC underscore wrestling. And uh, they have some, some top, uh, top secret stuff. That they're working on that should be coming out in uh, well I'm not I'm not quite sure when it's gonna come out but it is coming out and I was kind of got a glimpse into it today uh, so we'll be very excited to talk about that in a later episode but www.talkamania.com and prowrestlingtees.com slash talkamania Des did you do any twitching while I was out no because you had the account hostage oh, we talked about this yes. you're like I'm wrong. gonna go, I'm going to Florida I'm gonna you know go in the sun and leave Mike to you know carry the weight of Talkamania <laughs> and you know I'm just gonna leave everything logged in and double middle fingers and put the beers back and no man couldn't do shit i was pretty tempted to bring my xbox actually <laughs> on top of missing you and the show and the twitter sphere and all that kind of stuff i really missed apex legends i'm not oh. gonna lie like i had dreams of it um so definitely we'll be back on there not tonight probably tomorrow twitch.tv slash talkmaniacs and uh des we should share with our uh with our listeners we are trying to land luchasaurus on the show, uh, I reached out to him. He seemed pretty interested, so we're just waiting to get those dates together. So we'll be able to announce that one soon, which would be really awesome. He just signed with AEW, so I'm sure his DMs are blowing up. But uh, yeah, we're working hard on that one, so I'm excited. A lot about of that. I think he impressed a lot of people, and uh, I don't know, like he's kind of was the, an unsung hero, I guess. Yes. Of Double or nothing, even though he sang quite loudly and ferociously. <laughs> Let's talk some wrestling. 
Let's do it. Let's get into it. Guys, today on the show, we're going to be talking about everything John Moxley. John Moxley is blowing up the internet once again. Uh, some AEW signings. Of course, we're going to talk about the fallout from Double or Nothing. Uh, we're going to do a Raw and SmackDown roundup like we do every week. And we're also going to end the show today with NXT TakeOver 25 predictions because they switched the dates on us. It's no longer on your birthday, Des. I know. It's so typical. It's like I got a birthday present and the Indian gets my birthday present and give it to me a week early, so... <laughs> J-Bomb's like, oh my god, did you just say that? <laughs> there goes all our Indian demographic. <laughs> oh man, there's like a whole freaking Seinfeld episode about that. That's so good, man. Uh, I am no sad because I was, I was, I really feel like this could be EO's time and I was happy it was going to be my birthday. But you know what? doesn't matter. It's something to look forward to this weekend. Love NXT TakeOver. And there's just <clears> so much going on as well too in wrestling next weekend. Got the Superstar Showdown. We got New Japan Pro Wrestling. There's a lot going on. So it's cool to have, you know, something every weekend or something to look forward to. And, uh, yeah, it'll be no doubt. So we'll be checking that out this weekend, live tweeting, and I hope you guys join us. But, look, the big news around the wrestling sphere is John Moxley. Let's dive right into this shit. All right, man. I wrote, in my notes, I wrote it wrong. I said Dean Ambrose was on Talk is Jericho, but no. John Moxley was on Talk is Jericho this week. Um, it seemed to have blown up Twitter today. Uh, really dropping some heat on Vince McMahon. And, I, I mean, I don't know where you stand on it. I get it. Um, I love how they're both like, we love WWE. They, they made our careers. But, and then they spend like an hour and a half just shit-talking the hell of the business. But, I don't know, I really enjoyed the show. I think it's kind of like, you know, first of all, the best way to go about it. You never know when you're going to, you know, need to cross that bridge again. I don't know if either of them have any intentions to do so. But at the same time, I think it's honest. Like, right, they these two companies did a lot for both Moxley and for Jericho. And, you know, they have a lot, I guess, to, to be humble and thankful for. But at the same time, you know, they're in places right now in their career where they can kind of call out the bullshit and... Uh, you know, it was all over the internet, like you said. Um, you mentioned, you asked me if I had listened to it, and I popped it on and actually finished it up on my drive home. Nice. Uh, great listen. Great, great. If you guys haven't checked it out, go check it out. Um, John Monksley on Talk is Jericho. Really cool, really insightful. You get a good snap, snap so I was going to say snap, snapshot. Snappy, snap. Snappy into his timeline uh, as well, leading up to his exit. What basically <clears throat> drove him there? What were the th- breaking points? the multiple breaking points that he he got to, and basically his interactions with Vince McMahon and how Vince McMahon is just surrounded by a bunch of producers and stooges. And look, man, he puts it so well in so many times during that podcast and how like he's a professional wrestler, but he's also an artist. And he wants to go out there and bring life to a character and tell a story. But basically he's just told to go there and show up. You know, they have the lines for him. They have the scripts. They tell him what to go out there and do in the ring and in promos. And he used to love cutting promos. And now it became his least favorite part. And he talks about all the embarrassing shit they had him do during that heel run where he got the uh, the injection in his buttocks. And, <laughs> and when he, his, his fail, his failure at the heel run and basically how they week after week were just making him facepalm and questioning why the hell he was there and what was the defining moment where he's like, that's it, I'm done. So definitely worth checking out. And uh, one of the better, I guess, interviews on Talk of Jericho in quite some time. Yeah, it was, it, I mean, I'm not going to say it came in a left field because, I mean, you know, AEW heading into Double or Nothing really made it a point that they weren't going to compete with the WWE. And then during AEW and since, uh, sorry, during Double or Nothing and since Double or Nothing, 
it's just seemed like they are 100% at war right now. Um, no, 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 not at war. I know you made a face there. Not at war. I'm not talking about the Monday Night Wars. I mean, I think a lot of the people are going to, um, they're going to gain their drive to prove a point and to kind of make up for the time they spent in WWE or if they were rejected from WWE. This is our opportunity to, you know, stick it to them a bit. I don't think it's going to be a war every week like we saw with Cody and all that kind of crap, but I don't know, man. It's it's, it's I'm really excited, and I, I wasn't excited for AEW leading up to it, and, and I, I probably shit-talked him a lot on this podcast, but that was that was some sweet stuff, man. Well, it's funny when you should talk to him so much, but I guess a lot of it had to do with you know him not having the freedom that he had creatively. Yeah, He was always kind of like the third wheel of, of, of the shield, I guess, in a sense, and just never really had the proper direction of what he wanted to do, and he'd been unhappy for quite some time. Now, it's going to do many good things here. It's going to have other wrestlers who are in the WWE listening to this and being like, you know what, I'm motivated from this, and maybe I'm going to go elsewhere and do better things, and maybe it'll, that'll also indirectly cause the WWE to be like, shit, we got to make some changes. And he straight up said, like, look, I'm going to issue a challenge you, Vince McMahon, the way you produce shows is shitty. Change it. And <laughs> I mean, Batman's very, uh, very uh, stubborn. So I don't know if that's going to really work. But at the same time, you know, I, I kind of like this. And we weren't too, I mean, look, he, he appeared at Double or Nothing. It was amazing, you know, but we all kind of felt like this was going to happen. And it did. And we mm-hmm. saw a lot of kind of, he came out to the ring, similar to how the Shield walks out. But also similar to how Scott Hall and Nash walked Very. out when they made the crossover. So I thought yeah. that was a nice little tie-in. Uh, he came in. He looked deranged. He did the d- dirty deeds. He tagged Kenny Omega. A little bit of just, you know, sane Dino. But um, let's see. Now he can cut his own promos, apparently. I'm going to see what he can do in the ring. Because he was saying how producers were basically telling him what to do in the ring at the same time. So uh, I'm going to give the guy a chance. But I'm telling you, like, when he's, when he's himself, he's a great guy. And uh, he's very smart, very insightful, very humble. Money doesn't matter that much to him. It's more about being happy and being passionate about what, what you're doing. Um, so it, it was really cool to hear him kind of the backstory of what was going on in his mind and what he's been going through. And it also gives you a snapshot into, there you go, snapshot into the backstage kind of life of the WWE and the writers. And maybe it kind of gives you a little bit of insight on what Sasha was going through and what others are going through as well, too. Who? Sasha Banks. The Sasha boss. Banks. Look, the the interview was great. The podcast was awesome to listen to. It was extremely annoying because it sounded like he had a candy in his mouth or something at some point. And he did. Dean's, he sounded like he had gum in his mouth like the whole yeah, time. I'm like, dude, come on. Um, but I've always been hard on Diener. Always, always, always. Even at his debut at AEW, it was like, like you mentioned, it's still, you know, Deany. Um, but I feel like after listening to that podcast... Like you said, we have an insight of what was going through his head in those moments. So I kind of feel like that wasn't him. So I, I could, I'm trying to shed the Dean away from the John. And I was talking to the guy over at Smart to Death. And he's like, I was like, I can't shake Dean out of this. I can't shake him off of it. And he's like, oh, he's, he's completely off of it for me. I think today, after listening to, to, to Talk is Jericho, that more of Dean is gone from my mind now. That's cool. He's, he's I mean, I, I would. I'm going to give him a fair shake. His promo that he cut <laughs> as Moxley was again very similar to Dean Ambrose. Uh, you said you watched it over a few times and kind of you saw, 
you know, kind of changed your mind a little bit. And uh, it got better you know, every time I watched it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. I only checked it out once, but to me, it kind of seemed like you know something similar that we've heard before. But you know, I have no doubt. Look, if he's gonna let these creative juices out, there's obviously gonna be, I guess, a new side of him that we're gonna see. I'm really excited. And uh, dude, it's it's great for wrestling. It's good. great for wrestling. Yeah. He talked about how he shot that video too, guys. He paid eight thousand dollars of his own money to shoot that video. That's peanuts. Come I on. Know, I know. While he was still working for the WWE, and McMahon was like, "Oh, do you want to come do this tour?" And he's just like, "F you." But it was funny because as soon as he told them told them that he was leaving, that's when they started putting him in that whole angle with Nia Jax, kind of getting him, uh, I guess, uh, buried a little bit. And putting through put through tables and all that shit. And then it's so funny. I was saying, like, why would, you know, if they knew he was leaving or they knew he was going to a competition or whatever, why would they have him do this whole Shield special? They had, like, this production team come out. Apparently, they paid Dean Ambrose $500 for that gig. What a final burn, eh, McMahon? He's just like, we're making Honest- a special just because you're leaving. It's all about the Shield, all about you. Here's 500 bucks. Honestly, from a perspective, like, if I was Vince... The fact that they gave him such a long, drawn-out farewell, it was like they could have just kept him off of TV for all that time. But it would have made the AEW debut more had we not seen Dean in WWE you know, just a couple weeks prior. I feel like it was smart events, or asshole events actually, to give him such a big farewell that he, he was still fresh in everyone's minds. Do you, do you know what I'm getting at here? Like they just, I, feel, I feel it worked as a disadvantage. Um, maybe that they were hoping that he would change his mind, have a change of heart, and he would resign. I don't know. Uh, maybe. But, but yeah, I don't know. I guess they were, uh, I don't know. I talked about EC3 and how he lost in like two minutes. And he was like, clearly, as soon as I gave my notice, like, I noticed a shitstorm of these things coming through, you know? So, <laughs> and it's usually the case. I mean, he's leaving the company and he tried to vent his frustration many times to McMahon. And McMahon just didn't really want to hear it. And he gave his ideas and McMahon didn't want to hear it. And when he told McMahon why he was leaving... Vince acted like it was the first time he'd heard it. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's quite troublesome to see hear what's going on back there. You know, we see a lot of issues with the way things are booked and lack of booking and people being buried. And, you know, look, we talked about EC3 two seconds ago. They brought this guy up and he's been a big jobber. And now he just sits backstage all the time. So to me, it's just, it's, I don't know if it's too much talent on their hand or Vince set in his ways or just, their prehistoric dinosaur way of doing things. Triple H must be so frustrated because of all the shit he's doing to build people up in NXT only to have them just be broken down on the main roster. There's not many that have translated and done well. So it's, it's quite unfortunate. And I also find he said something that was so interesting during this podcast. And it was talking about how like, you know, he made his character. He came back and he did the best he could and started making himself a heel and, you know, he would find ways to, like, sl- still slip in, like, little, like, puns or comedy here and there. But he wanted to keep him in that, in that heel realm. And the fans were buying into it. And then when the WWE saw that uh, Ambrose was doing this organically, they were like, oh, well, we want to get our hands on it. And we want to mm. put a hat on you, you know, kind of. We want to put a fear, um, I guess, a metaphorical hat on you and change your character and make us what we think you are. When yeah. that really shouldn't be the way. And he, when he said that, I actually ultimately thought of Becky. Because Becky kind of really picked up this momentum on her own, really drove this, kind of made herself, you know, get put into this main event of WrestleMania based on all her hard work. And then the WWE's kind of was like, okay, we see that you're over and you're doing all these things. But now we're going to take you and kind of mold you a little bit into what we think you are. Yeah. And, and they also have the ability to put a stop on it whenever they want. 
because one of my talking points this week, and you know, I'm sure we'll go over it organically, or we can talk about it now, is I can't help but feel that Becky's cooled down. And she's not getting yeah. the moment time she's getting on TV anymore like she used to. She's not always doing double duty. She's not getting those promos anymore. So it's like, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. But yet they're still throwing her in like every week in these matches. So it's like, I feel like I don't know if they made up their mind if they want to keep going down that path or not. But it was just unfortunate. This whole Becky two belts thing felt to me like it was more of a novelty of a WrestleMania moment kind of thing. And then as soon as it ended, they were like, okay, well, let's just, you know, take the titles off you and we'll go back to what we were doing leading up to WrestleMania. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that's just, I think that's just the WWE's formula. You know, use something, abuse something, uh, grab everything you can out of it, and then uh, see, see, you know, test the water, see you can control it. And uh, they, they have like inferiority. Or something. I think, I think that's it. Like, let's say you know you have a wrestler, they're going out there, and they're an artist, and let's compare their art to like you know a nice nice soup or something and they're putting you know, the garlic in there chopping up the onions they're dicing up some leeks and potatoes and the WWE's like oh that looks fucking good man now let's put some honey in it and <laughs> let's cinnamon. put some 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 black licorice in there and all the nasty shit we could think of to just dilute it and make it what we want you know like I don't know they just you know it's just you know let them do their shit organically and I find that AW's gonna let that happen a little bit more to let the wrestlers go out there and just be themselves. And I, I, I'm telling you, man, you know, my first impression of AEW Double or Nothing was just refreshment. It was just so refreshing for me to watch all these matches. Uh, it's funny because everywhere that, you know, the Young Bucks have gone and Kenny Omega's gone and Cody Rhodes have gone, there's this vibe mm-hmm. to the matchups, to the card. And I feel like it just equally has transitioned over to AEW. I feel like it was just, it was as if we could have been watching a Ring of Honor. It could yep. have been as if we were watching, you know, uh, you know, an, an, an indie scene. And it was, well, that's kind of, I guess, what it was. And it's building into something a lot more now. So it's going to be really cool to see where they go from here. I thought the women put on an absolutely amazing match. Uh, not not necessarily the four-way match, but I thought the the six on the three-on-three, the Japanese women, yeah. thought it, they knew exactly how to book these women. Just let them go out there and do their style. If you go, like I said, I've talked about in the past, if you go back and you look at Io Shirai versus Kairi Hojo, who was Kairi Sane back in the day, um, these women put on amazing matches just going out and doing what they they are supposed to do. And I feel like there is a lot of similarities with this match as well, too. It was amazing. Uh, look, they have their woman, uh, Hikaru Shida. She's basically their Asuka, I guess you could say. She comes out, she's colorful, uh, really, really amazing uh, athlete. They kind of saved her for the end of the match. She came in and picked up the win. But you're going to see a lot of amazing things from her. And I don't have all the names of the other women on the other side, too, because, look, they're new to me as well, too. Yeah. But they're all great. One, the one who dressed like Freddie Mercury, that was hilarious. I like that gimmick. Uh, there was one who dressed like a gypsy. I thought she was really cool flying around. And look, there was also Aja Kong, right? So uh, my my wife knows who this is because she grew up and was like, oh my God, Aja Kong, as soon as she came on the screen. Really? That, that was that big older woman. She's like close to 50 now or something. And she just came out and it was more for like, you know, uh, a big name from the Japanese scene being put on there. And she was just like really in awe. Like she knew who it was. And this girl's a real big deal. And obviously she can't move around as much as she could before because she's she a lot older. She was still good though. She was but still she good. But she was still good. And she played her character well. And the match was great. So I was really happy to see that. They gave them the time and they told the story. 
Uh, I'm not knocking the other women's match either, but it's just that this one really stood out and oh, blew me away. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I have it in my notes that I, I'm, I'm bad. I'm a really bad wrestling fan. I've always watched wrestling for storylines. Uh, people always complain that there's not enough wrestling on Raw or on SmackDown. I'm okay with less matches. Uh, I'd be good with like two or three matches that were 20 minutes each. If it's going to be a match, I want it to be a good match. But when I sat down for this double or nothing, I just told myself, don't fucking touch the mouse. Don't skip forward. That's don't hard do for anything. you, I bet. <laughs> it's super hard for me. And when these six women came out, I was like, who the hell are these people? I have no idea who they are. Their entrances were pretty cool. But I told myself, I'm just going to, I'm not going to touch. I'm, not, I'm just going to watch it. And honestly, it was arguably my favorite match of the night. It was just mm. so well put together. Um, it sucks because I don't, I don't know any of their names. Like I have them all written down here, but I couldn't tell you who's who. But the ones. Well, remember how long it took you to pronounce the Oshidai? So I mean, don't even, don't even try, my friend. Shit is tough, but but like you mentioned, you know, the the first impressions of AEW, Double or Nothing was just, I want to sit back, I don't want to complain, I don't want to nitpick. I'm gonna take things for face value for what they put it on, and it was just like it was refreshing, man. Like from. From, from a production perspective, I saw a lot of people on Twitter after the fact saying, oh, there was a lot of miscues and complaining about this and that. Chill the fuck out, man. Yeah, like, yeah. chill the fuck out, man. Like, on Raw this week, they announced it was a, a four-way elimination match, and then the first pinfall was the winner. So you want to talk about miscues? It happens. Mistakes happen. Now we got Mars going to be like, they got counted out. Learn your shit. Yeah, come on. Like, I mean, we're pretty marky. We're extremely marky. But I wanted to go into AWW or nothing. We're never going to have an opportunity like this, bro. We're never going to have an opportunity to see something from day one. Yeah, it's, def- it's definitely special. So i uh, really excited to be a part of it. Uh, like that was probably one of my favorite matches as well, too. I did like the Battle Royale. Uh, I love really, the Battle Royale. Really exciting match. The only thing I would say about it, uh, what I would nitpick was that um, the fact that Hangman Page and Pac got canceled, and the yeah. winner of basically that that oh no the battle royale was supposed to be going to face Kenny Omega and Jericho right, and the fact that they put Page in there and obviously we knew at that point since he was going to battle royale he would be the clear winner because the plan yeah. was all along, to, you know, to have that be the the outcome more or less. So you kind of knew that going into it, but if it you know they got screwed into that finish, they got screwed into that finish because Pac didn't show up. I guess I just I just didn't want a hey this is our first big match on AW and I already know who's gonna win and this is the first day of the organization you know yeah. I, a, a little little nitpicky that's about it I, that's, that's I, a I bit. felt I felt the same way too uh, I honestly Pedro's, when he came Pedro's out, in good shape though this I, I found I was, I was knocking yeah. on him a couple weeks back but he was, he's definitely in good form now I still pop when he came out because like I didn't realize um, I was thinking it was gonna be Moxley when it wasn't Moxley I heard I heard the I don't know Paige's song, even though I, I love Hangman Page. And then the horses, I'm like, who the fuck is coming out? And then I was like, oh, shit. But I was still super excited to see him, and I knew. I was like, oh, okay, he's going to win. But even though I knew it, it didn't really bother me, and and the match was still good. Like, knowing that in WWE could ruin an entire Royal Rumble. It could ruin an entire WrestleMania, because you're like, it ruined a whole year for me and you, going, oh, it's going to be Roman and Brock at WrestleMania. Right, we talked, yeah, that was a long yeah. year. So, so it... It, we knew the outcome, but the match was still super enjoyable because we got to see all these people debut. I flipped out when Luchasaurus came out because I was not expecting it. And I, in my head, I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to see him. And then when he did come out, and he came out like I think he was the, the last package before um, before Paige came out at 21, 
And I was just like, shit, this is awesome. And then they gave him so many spots. Yeah. He was in the center of that ring. And uh, the tail whip is such a cool move, man. And our, yeah. our friend Flying Brian was... Yeah. Was, he bleached his hair. Yeah. I, like, I didn't know. I was like, what? <laughs> looks good. I liked it, man. I liked it. It was just Fair cool. Enough. I don't know what it is. It feels like... I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. If it's Twitter that brings us more together or it's hearing other podcasts that I'm friendly with that have interviewed these people before. But it did feel like some of the people in that ring were like, our friends. <laughs> like, I know they it sounds are. weird. They are our friends. It and is yeah, very cool. Pretty great. Uh, again, you know, who knows after Luchasaurus, maybe it'll open up doors to, to you know, to new interviews and new talent on Talkamania. Uh, that's obviously something that we like to do here. So we'll keep you guys updated as that goes along. And we hope that you guys have been enjoying the ride with AW just as much as we have. Uh, you talked about your match of the night. And look, there's really not much to complain about. But for me, I think my match of the night probably was Cody versus Dustin. Yeah, I think it's pretty hard to argue that. That's why I threw in that arguably my favorite match of the night when we were talking about the women. Um, Cody versus Dustin was... Classic. Mm. It's going to be looked back at for ages. And it's so funny because these are two people, if you had them wrestle on the WWE, it would have gotten like seven minutes and it would have been yeah. lame, you know? So Bad. these guys yeah. went out there and had a war, a battle. It was, I mean, yeah, Dustin got cut open. And I was just like, my, my wife's watching with me and she's just like, she's like, has her hands in her mouth the whole time. And yeah. I was just waiting for them to stop the match and be like, okay, well, this, he's just, he wouldn't, it didn't stop bleeding. I, and I, and not only did it not stop bleeding, it didn't stop bleeding profusely. You texted to me, you were like, oh, I really thought they were going to stop the match. And I was like, God, we're so conditioned, man. You know, 10, 15 oh, years come ago. come on, that was pretty bad. I've seen this, Eddie Guerrero, man. That guy was bleeding like... Or John Cena and JBL. Like, yeah, yeah. they've been some crazy-ass <laughs> matches. But, like, it's been a hell of a long time. And just, it didn't stop... It's like the blood wasn't clotting. It was just like pouring out of his face continuously he's wiping it out of his eyes i even think dawson was like oh sorry i think i think cody was like oh shit like it was perfect like they couldn't have asked for a better cut no no you're right i think it ended up perfect and you know you can go and say oh it wouldn't have been the same if he didn't cut himself well i think the whole point was for him to cut himself and tell a story so uh went on to be an amazing match and i thought one thing also in there that i noticed was cody hitting the curb stomp on dustin And him kicking out. Yeah, Goldust kicking the biggest one of the biggest treated jobbers in the WWE kicking out of the curb stomp. So there's another shot fired. Dude, there's a lot of shots fired. I mean that that okay, the entrance, we don't even have to talk about it. That was insane. I mean, the goosebumps, he came out and I was like I couldn't I can't tell because I know he's a huge Game of Thrones fan, so I was like, is he gonna sit in that throne? And then I saw like the the logo at the top, I was like, all the skulls, I'm like, shit, that's triple H. And and then I figured they would just have it there. And at the end of the match, Cody would sit in it. That's what I was thinking. And then when Brandy pulled out the sledgehammer, like I had to pause it, grab my way from the other room, sit her down, and explain to her what this all meant, even <laughs> though she doesn't care about wrestling. Awesome. Still not 100% like on... I'm not a huge... I'm not like the biggest Brandy fan, I guess you could say. You'll, you'll learn to love Yeah, her. I hope so. Maybe I do. To me, it's just like she looks like she's just kind of like... I'm going to get lots of heat for this, but it looks like she's just like, <laughs> right place, right time, you know? 
yeah, well, you know, that, that happens to a lot of people. And But I, I see what you mean, but she's really earned her way, man. She's cool. really earned her way. Cool, and I will definitely give her that, um, you know, uh, possibility of winning me over. I mean, look, I know she works hard, <laughs> and I know they all work hard. I am relatively newer to the ND scene and also to all these guys. So definitely excited. It's, it's fresh for me. It's going to be really cool to check it out. We're talking about shots being fired. How much did you... What was your reaction when you saw Brett Hitman Hart come out with the AW Championship? Well, you just gave me goosebumps again. Um, I couldn't believe it, dude. Like, I just... I thought at that point, I was like, holy shit. Like, I always thought Brett... Brett Hart never got what he deserved in WCW. So I feel like him coming out to this show, the inaugural Double or Nothing, AEW's first pay-per-view... With that title belt, he looked like a sack of shit. Poor guy. He's limping out there. but uh, And they gave him, you know, whatever music they played for him that was somewhat similar to it. But it was very, very cool, and it came at the perfect time. I mean, how can you – they putting him right after Cody and Dustin was just like poetry, man. It was great. I love the timing of it all. I was really like – when he's like, the best there is, the, I'm like, no way. Do they really get Bret Hart? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they went to StarCast and they were like, or they, they met with Brett. They're like, here, Brett, here's a check. Show up. He's like, sure. No problem. <laughs> Fuck the WWE. You know? And I think it goes back to what you were saying. Like, not only did he has he not had, he's had a bad, lot of bad luck in his life. Yeah. Like, a shit ton. Everybody around him is no longer living but him. Yeah. Like, that is sad. And, you know, the stroke, the ending of his career. I heard, I was reading an, another interview he gave where he's give, asking the same old questions. Like, what did you say to Goldberg before he went out in your match with him? And he was like, I told him to try not to hurt me. I wish he had listened better. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, he's, you know, it's bitter, I'm sure. And not only did he not have, I guess, the, the, I guess the perfect ending of his career in the WWE, I find the wrestling industry as well, too. Just, you know, he deserves a lot better in general. Like, Brett yeah. is, if you take a mold of, like, the perfect wrestler... He's definitely a contender. He's just all around phenomenal. You know, maybe a little bit took it, maybe took himself a little bit too seriously. Yeah, and took I wrestling agree. a little bit too seriously, and you know he's got to not hang on to things so much. But um, come on, the the man, I, I love watching and going back and watching all his old matches. It's a treat for me. And uh, if you guys aren't too familiar with Bret Hart's work, uh, go back and check it out. Amazing matches with British Bulldog, Owen Hart. Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, uh, you know, the list goes on. He was a huge part of the WWE and WWF success. And uh, it's amazing to see him come out there and hold that title belt for the first time. What do you think about it? Do you like the belt? I love the belt. I really do. Uh, I haven't really had a great look at it, like in high def. All the pictures that they posted, I find them kind of a bit blurry. Uh, but I like it. It's different. It has like three sections to it, which is really cool. And each section kind of like fits in like a puzzle to it itself yeah. too. It's really nice. Uh, Looks I heavy would, as balls. Yeah, I would say the camera work for like unveiling it. The cameraman and yeah, Brett no, they, were kind of off sync, clearly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. well, Brett's but, you know he's not all there, so he probably missed his cue. But that whole segment was really fun with MJF coming out and kind of shit talking Brett, getting that heat, and uh, Jimmy Havoc came out, and, and, and I don't know. It was just like I was like I don't even know who these guys are. 
I don't is know M- if they're MJF good. kind of like a Miz kind of dude, a heelish Miz dude, or what? Yeah, he's uh, he, he's trying to re- revive kayfabe in the sense that he's that character twenty four hours a day. Every interview is done like that. He's like that in public. He's trying to bring back the old school. Uh, he was chirping the crowd, and finally, he didn't. He wasn't cheap and chirped the crowd to get the heat. He literally said things that you're like, "Fuck!" Like he was making fun of Brett for the Hall of Fame. Like it was just. It was gold, man. And then well, Jungle yeah. Boy, another spot for the Jungle Boy, which is always awesome to see. So it was a lot well, of fun. People are looking forward to seeing Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus team together. That's what I'm yes. reading. So that's yes. cool and exciting to see. We also saw DDP. Yes, DDP was there. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people forget about that because just so much went on. But yeah, DDP was there. So that's really cool for him. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward, what kind of surprises they have in store for us. And look, we got Jericho versus Kenny. And what did you think about that match? Oh, um, Kenny Omega broke his nose. That looked like it sucked. Um, I, a lot of people are complaining, oh, it took away from the match, this, that, and the other. Come on. It was How a great match. How did it take match. away from the match? Wrestlers get their nose broken. <coughs> it happens. They're just saying that, you know, Kenny's usually a better performer than that. I mean, all, all that aside, the story was amazing. Everything was good. The, the spots were awesome. Uh, Jericho... Jericho can't do wrong, man. And the fact that he picked up the win, I was not expecting him to win. Uh, not a complaint, but I get that he's trying to add striking. I know a lot of these older guys are trying to add striking to their repertoire. It's a spinning elbow. That's what it is. Dude, uh, sorry, before he knocked the spinning elbow, el- elbow, what is with me tonight, guys? Before he knocked that elbow, oh, dude, maybe that could be Matt Riddle's move. Spitting elbow, diving elbow. But uh, look, it's a striking move. I understand that he's trying to pull it off. It's a New Japan kind of inspired thing, or I guess AW now inspired thing. Andrade, his spinning elbow. Don't knock that shit, man. Because when that guy pulls it off, you're like, oh my god, how did he? And I never expected from Andrade. Like, yeah, he pulls it out of nowhere. Yeah, he pulls it out of nowhere. And Jericho was. It was like, first of all, the match was was okay. It was good. I felt it kept. I felt felt it ended before it got going. And (sighs) then you have Jericho pull out that elbow out of nowhere, and you're like, I roll back and I watch it, and it's just like kind of like he's measuring Kenny, and then he just kind of turns around, hits him, and Kenny just kind of crumbles, and that's it. Oh, so like like you said. I didn't expect Jericho necessarily to pick up the win offhand going into this match. But look, I knew that Moxie was going to show up. It was it was quite obvious. And there's and I saw some, some people after tweeting, look guys, look at my tweet. I called it. It's like, dude, yeah. I think we all knew Moxie was going to show up there. I think there's a pretty good chance he was going to be there. Except for Jim Ross. Jim Ross apparently didn't know. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what was I saying? <laughs> It was good. It came out of nowhere. The ending came out of nowhere. Oh, yes, yes. What I was saying was the fact that Moxie was going to be there, I felt like, well, look, who's Moxie going to feud with Mo first? Who, who's going to be the big headline for him to go up against that everyone's going to want to see? And I'm like, it's going to be Omega. It's got to be Omega. We want to see Moxie think it versus Omega. Omega. I really wouldn't. Are we really going to do Jericho and Moxley in AW? People are going to be yeah, like, so. what the fuck is this? WWF match in AW? What the fuck? Yeah. You know, people are already saying, like, well, look at the biggest matches. You have Goldust and uh, Dustin and Cody who are from the WWE. You got Jericho from the WWE. You got Ambrose from the WWE. You got Bret Hart from the WWE. You got DDP. Who's in the- Shut the fuck up. They're yeah, allowed they're to be pro over. Doesn't mean they're pro- exactly. It's pro wrestling, man. That grinds my gears, and you feel the salt coming out of my pores. <laughs> uh, John Moxley. Uh, okay. Obviously, we knew he was coming. 
did I, what does it spoil for me? No. The only flash of somewhat spoil I got was, was, I think I saw the picture of Cody and Moxley giving the finger before I, I saw the main event of this pay-per-view. But I still popped for it, man. I still really enjoyed it when he came out and he attacked everybody. Um, I really didn't think he was going to feud against Omega first. That's going to be my guess as well. But I don't know, man. It's working. Like I feel like nothing, nothing is not working there. I feel like they've kind of already announced it for uh, All Out, right? Is the next event, I think? Uh, yeah, it's their next big one. I don't yeah. know. I, I haven't seen it, but oh. you're probably right because, you know, I'm an alcoholic and I've been on vacation for 10 days. Wow, yeah, man. You didn't even know what day it was, so there you go. <laughs> I no but you know what? I'm jealous of you. You had a good time, and I'm happy for you, my friend. Did you watch all the uh, the post-event press coverages and the interviews in the locker room and stuff like that? Oh, man, I'm telling you, I got so much to catch up on, and, and it's not like I'm not trying i'm actually catching up on everything but there's just so much coming out now right it's just yeah it's it's an easy watch they're about like 10 minutes each and they have one with cody one with uh con they have one with uh dustin uh, jericho uh really cool to check out um the way that they're kind of treating it like a real sport like wwe I, i've complained about the, the the way they do this on the podcast all the time it's not a real sport so don't treat it like a real sport but AEW is doing the same thing but they're just they just seem to be doing it properly so you kind of get this like a little bit of kayfabe still involved there and a little bit of, you know, pulling the curtain back. But it was really cool to see because after the event, you know, it, 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 the press wasn't AEW scripted press. It was legitimately like ESPN, CBS, uh, the guys that busted open were there. Mark Henry was there. And they were asking him legit questions about, you know, like the business side of it, not like, Oh, Seth, what did you think when uh, Dean Ambrose uh, attacked you with the chair? Like, it wasn't bullshit. So it was really, really refreshing to watch. They were like, how do you think the pay-per-view went? How do you think the ratings went? Were you expecting this many subscribers? Like, yada, 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 and all this crap. It was, it was freaking awesome. I, I fell in love with it. Well, did you see Kenny Omega when they asked him about Kota Ibushi? And they're like, oh, why didn't he come over to AEW? And he's like, well, I, I could have asked him, but I didn't because I know if I would have asked him, he would have come. If I would have oh. begged him, he would have come. But I know that he needs to do his thing in New Japan. It's his time over there. And he started crying. Oh, really? Yeah, he started crying, getting emotional. So, you know, that fuels a lot of the speculation of their special bond. Um, you know, eh, a lot, you look at that. that, that uh, was it the ESPN special came out where it's the Golden Lovers, right? So, yeah. you know, uh, you can question uh, Kenny Omega's sexual orientation all you want. It's none of our business. Maybe these guys have a special bond. Uh, but it was cool and refreshing to see that organic aspect of it. Uh, is it the last we're going to see of those two together? I doubt it because if we're yeah, seeing Dean Ambrose go to New Japan, I mean, Kenny Omega could easily go back to New Japan and do a program or work with, you know, uh, Kota Ibushi in one way or the other. Damn, and, we got to stop calling him Dean Ambrose, eh? Moxley. I've been, I think I've been pretty good. I think, <laughs> You've been better I think, than me. I've maybe like an 80% average here, but <laughs> it's going to take some getting used to. But that's his job. That's his job to convince him that he is now Moxley and no, no longer Dean Ambrose. That's it. Yeah, and like you mentioned, Moxley's going to fight uh, Juice Robinson at the best of New Super Japan. Juniors. So, yeah, they're going to be doing their TV uh, weekly TV program on TNT in the fall. And up until then, I think he's got free reigns to go around and do whatever he pleases on the indie scene. So there's already been a few announcements of some places where he's going to be going. I think he's also going to face... Um, uh, Joy Janela. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. So can we, can we take a second to talk about the elimination, Luchasaurus and Joy Janela going through that table? To the outside. And how he survived it. Yeah. And the way that he just sat there. You know what I thought when he, when he landed? I was like, well, his feet didn't touch the floor. 
I was oh. like, is this guy is this guy gonna Kofi it up? <laughs> or Curtis Axel, Axel Mania. He's like, I never got like a, next year at the Royal Rumble. He's like, I'm still in the Royal Rumble from last year. Like, <laughs> I love that. All right, Des, let's move on. We've talked a lot about AEW, actually, most of the show. And I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot more moving forward, too, guys. That's it, AEW. We talked about wanting to move more into other promotions, indie scenes. What a time to be alive. We'll have a lot more AEW coming your way, guys. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, if you don't, well, I got two words for you, my friend. Suck it! (laughs) Or three. AEW. What's up, guys? We just wanted to take a quick second and tell you guys about this new app that we've been using. Uh, It's called PodCoin. It is a podcast player. It's great. If you're not familiar with it yet, I highly suggest you checking it out. It's a free app. It's available on iPhone, on Android, and you could actually use it. You could you could turn your listens into money that you could put towards you know Starbucks gift cards, Amazon gift cards, or if you want to donate the cash to charity, you can do that as well. Subscribe to us on there. I mean, we're available there. All of our other podcast friends are available there as well. Um, And actually, if you're new to the app and use the code TALKAMANIA, you'll get an extra 300 pod coins just for signing up if you use our code. So highly suggest checking out today. Again, that's PodCoin, available on iPhone and on Android. Now let's go back to the show. Oh boy! Let's get into let's get into the stinky bit, the stinky bit, because that's what how it's been lately, guys. It's funny. It really makes you see, though. You know, like we're defending WWE every week, and I will defend them. But it's what a change! It's in, yeah, in, yeah, in Doc Mania yeah. right now. I was this excited for you to come back, and I was excited for this show because there's so much to talk about. And now the WWE look, shots were fired. The WWE has a big opportunity to reply to respond. And do something drastic, do something big, make some changes. And what do we get on Monday Night Raw? Well, the whole, the first hour of Raw, not one single wrestling match. Not one. Not one. And when we do get that match, it's Shane McMahon versus Lance Anoy. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm slaughtering that. The, the Roman's cousin or, or whatever. It was third, fourth, fifth cousin. They have so many in their family. But they sent him out there. So Shane Wait, that's be- real? That actually happened? Yeah, 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 it actually happened. No, was, dude. Yeah. I. No way. They, they. Okay, did you notice a couple weeks back, they posted on Twitter a picture of uh, Seth Rollins without a beard? Did you see that? I might have missed it. Okay, well then, I saw a screenshot of what I thought was Roman Reigns without a beard. And it said Lance underneath it. No, he looks, he looks, he looks, he looks like a, he looks like the family, right? So holy, he looks shit. like Roman mixed with kind of a Uso, I guess you could say. So, but, but yeah, they, it, Shane just took it to the guy and, you know, Roman was nowhere to be seen. He didn't come out. He didn't help him. But like, it was just a painful segment to watch him coming out, being the best in the world, the shame spiel. They just literally ignored AW and just kept continuing doing what they're doing and even worse, it's like we go we go one third of the show without any good wrestling. I mean, I I, get, I don't think that they should have addressed AEW. I think it would have been silly of them to do it. Um, but they I get did. A, I I know they eventually did. Uh, now, do you think it was just Sammy going off script or? No, no. Come on, is he that stupid career suicide? But, I'm pretty yeah, but sure they he removed went it. They removed it from the YouTube. They removed it from Hulu. Maybe they ended up figuring, deciding that it wasn't a great choice after all. I'm just going to tell you, there's no way Sammy's going out there and saying AEW 
you know, without either wanting to get fired or released so he can go to AEW. I don't know. There you go. But we you know hear- what? After all that, you know what? My whole brain is blown up, dude. <laughs> okay, first. Whatever's left after- of it from Florida, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, after that talk is Jericho, man, really, I, I didn't think we would ever hear somebody, especially of the likes of John Moxley. And I and Jericho is doing it too. Jericho's like totally on the attack. Uh, Jericho had. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, what I liked about it so much was Jericho barely talked the whole entire podcast. I know. I noticed that. Yeah. It was just Moxley talking, and it was really refreshing. And Jericho kind of threw some things in here and there. <laughs> and yeah, he you know he calls a spade a spade. He knows what the machine of the WWE is. So we yeah, can't he, stop talking about it. Well, I mean, it's the big news, right? So. It's, it's gonna be so cool. good. Apparently, he's filming a, a a larger video segment too now that he's gonna be putting out there, like a like Who's a short either? film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. So it's gonna be cool if you guys want to hear more about that. Check out the podcast. Let's stay on track. WWE yeah, sucks lately. <laughs> uh, Shane was wrestling one of the other million Samoan cousins or brothers, <laughs> and uh, it was a, it was a stinker. So the only really good things I can really take. Well, we well sorry. Let's go off that point of Sammy first before we move over. Okay. Uh, I have to believe that he was told he basically has been McMahon's mouthpiece going out there and saying, you know, oh, the people, you're pathetic. Because Ambrose, well, I'm going back to Moxley here again, <laughs> on, on Talk is Jericho, was saying how, like, I want you to go out there and be like, this people, they're the plague. Liverpool, it sounds like a skin disease. <laughs> That's good shit. That's, That's good, good shit. shit. So the fact that he's going to say that, you, Sammy Zayn going out there, you can clearly see this is an echo of Vince McMahon. So I don't think he's going out there and saying anything he shouldn't. I think Corey Graves kind of acted like, don't say this, don't say that, don't talk about Becky and Seth, just to kind of play that, like, oh, let's not talk about that thing. But oh, ultimately, yeah. I think in hindsight, the WWE realized it was a really stupid thing to do because you have yeah. all these millions of viewers watching and are like, A.W., why would I talk about Google? A.E.W. Yeah, and that's exactly. it, man. And that's it. That's all. So I think it was fairly stupid. Now you have Vince Russo, who's all over social media and saying, oh, oh the WWE and A.W. are in bed together and they're working together and they have us all. And it's like, I don't really think so, man. Like, I really do not think that's the case. So, And especially if you listen to the, you know, the, the, the podcast with Jericho, especially if you watch A.W., the shots fired. I'm, I, I mean, look, if they do, then they're masterminds. But I really don't think that's the case. And I think they realize their mistake in... And giving them any kind of attention. So, but look, yeah. I think they should have rebounded a lot better. I think they should have changed up some recipes. But it looks like this week was more or less the same, if not worse than you know the the current product that we're getting in the WWE. Outside of Brock Lesnar and the Brock Party. Yeah, I, I saw everybody going crazy over it. Um, so I had to go back and rewatch it. Uh, very out of character. I liked it. Brock talked. Anytime Brock talks, I feel like. It's good. I don't see why he has a mouthpiece. I don't really understand that. He was um, in a good mood that day. But it seems like we're getting a lot more Brock Lesnar now that he's done with MMA. Well, look at that. The briefcase was a boombox. People turned Dope. this into a meme last week, right? And they just jumped on this right away, made a t-shirt, made a new box with speakers or fake speakers on it. And now the internet's blowing up. They have all kinds of different music playing with it. It's amazing. Uh, even uh, there was a Block Party. Block Party, the band. Somebody played a song from Block Party during the Brock party celebration. And they're like, <laughs> they, they tuned, they tuned in and chimed. So I thought that was cool. 
he danced to like Seth Rollins theme and Kofi Kingston's theme. Like uh, yeah. he's trolling us. And then he's yeah. going to announce who it is. Right. But then realizes I'm Brock. I'm a meathead. I'm stupid. I have a whole year of this. <laughs> yeah. Like he doesn't even watch the show. He has no yeah. idea. Yeah. So does that mean <laughs> that we're going to get a whole year of Brock trolling us? Now the big rumor is it's going to be Seth versus Brock at super showdown. So it might not be the case, but dude, like, I don't know, at this point, like, I get the frustrations. If you're sitting there being like, I hate Brock, what the hell, get out of here, I'm tired of you. I get it, I understand you guys. But I also get what they're doing, and I think it's hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, whatever, man, if it's a sinking ship, let's just let whatever happens let's watch happen. It burn, let's man. just watch whatever happens happen. At this point, it's just kind of like, it's hilarious. You know, when Money in the Bank, when he went up and he got that briefcase, I wasn't mad, I was smiling. My wife's like, "Why you were complaining about him for so long? Like, why are you not upset?" I'm like, "Because it's genius. It's just genius." It, like, it was really good, actually. Yeah, McMahon just sitting back and being like, "Ha ha 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 ha!" And yo, and, Brock Lesnar literally laughed at everybody in the top of the yeah. on the top of the ladder. Yeah, and Moxley talked about that too on Talk Is Jericho podcast, and he talked <laughs> about how McMahon needs to have he needs to, he's a millionaire, a billionaire, and he needs to be able to own people and have control. And that was the most frustrating thing with him and Moxley was that he couldn't have that control over Moxley. But he can have Lesnar and be like, I own him. He's my project. He's my pet. And uh, he sends him out there. And look, man, it's, uh, it's, it's getting people to talk. And I guess that's kind of what the goal is here. So That's right. That's right. But the Usos, they threw their own block party, a little barbecue or whatever. They had a little beanbag throwing competition. Very PG, very lame. Uh, they had a JJ mom was looking at me. I think he skipped through this part because he's like, what? They what? Oh, I didn't see this part at all. Not at all. So there's like a little barbecue or for the, I guess, Memorial Day or whatever it was. And they're all hanging in the back. All the jobbers are back there. People who aren't on camera. And you have the Usos and the Revival kind of coming in. And like they're doing a sand, basically a sandbag throwing competition between the two of them. Literally something you would do when you're five years old and you're going to a county fair and you're throwing sandbags around. They were doing that. But I thought it would have been amazing if you're going to have a block party, we'll have Brock come and destroy everything during the Brock party, right? They like, there should that? have been a crossover. There was none. Yeah, Vince is probably like, people are going to think Brock's coming out. I'm not going to send him out. That's yeah, I guess. Shit. Yeah, That's yeah. good shit. That's good shit. Good shit. <laughs> Look at us, eh? We're just shitting all over the depth. I almost called it the E. And if I ever call it the E... It's the end of Talking Mania. Well, it looks like they're all—they're already calling A W A Dub, A Dub, A Dub. So, uh, some news. I didn't know if this was news or not, but apparently it is. AJ Styles dealing with a back injury. I think he heard a pop oh. or something in his match at Money in the Bank, and hasn't been wrestling since. So, I think he's taking some time off. AJ's been banged up for quite some time. He is going. He's been signed, I guess, for the WWE for life. I mean, that's going to be his last contract. Sad, because I would love to see him go over to AW, I guess, down the line. But who knows? Who knows? But, um, yeah, he's dealing with an injury. Um, and, look, I talked earlier about Becky cooling down. Uh, look, Becky and Nikki beat the Iconics. So that's another team that beat the Iconics. We have Charlotte Flair and Lacey looking like a tag team that's going to go up against the Iconics. Then we have the Kabuki Warriors, who are missing in action. But they were painted as being contenders for the Iconics. And uh, we saw this week, like I said, Becky, Nikki picking up a win. And Becky debuted, a, well, she's used it before, but now an official finisher, the Man Slam. Yeah, it's like a modified rock, uh, rock bottom. bottom eh? Yeah. Yeah. No, I saw, I saw her landing on Charlotte. It was pretty good. People were, uh, I, I did see this part when she 
I wouldn't say she botched it. Peyton Royce kind of. That's sucked. it. Yeah, people were like, eh, "The move is so terrible." Jump. It's like, jump, girl, jump. Yeah, I don't know what it is, man. And like, like I get the WWE sucks. Like I get that it's in a really bad state, but the fans nitpicking at every fucking thing doesn't help. Oh, it's it really brutal, doesn't. man. It's really hard to be on social media. I'm sorry if you guys are sad about the lack of presence of Talkamania on social media. I did some live tweeting this week, and I still do it from time to time. But it's really hard to get on there. It's such a toxic environment. So many haters left, right, one way or the other. AW, WWE, whatever it is. Dude, just enjoy it for what it is. Wrestling is beautiful, and it brings us all together. Yeah, actually, uh, Friday. This Friday? No, next Friday is the Super Super Showdown or whatever it's called. Super right? Showdown. Yeah, I'll be tweeting the shit out of that because I'll be at work. I, even though I don't really I care maybe, uh, let me see what this on the, I actually may be home that day. So I might be live tweeting. We'll see guys. I have a tendency of staying home for the Saudi Arabia and joining you guys for the show. So it might be the case here again as well. I love pay-per-views that are on Fridays and I love pay-per-views during the day. I think they're cool. It gives a cool vibe to a Friday. You're wrapping yep. up your week. Uh, but if anything like the last event in Saudi, it's going to suck balls. Yo, what are you talking about, man? It was amazing last time. Worst event of the year. Uh, wait, how many times have you been there? Is it this will be the number third? Three yeah, this will be the third. Okay, the first time was really good. It was good. The first time was really good. I agree. No, with but you. it was it was so bad that it was good. That's why. The first one. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. looking back on it, I remember last year's was so bad. So maybe I think the year before that wasn't as bad. But I remember the the, the large Royal Rumble being exciting for me because it was like what. I think it was like, was it 50 men back then? It was yeah, like, 50, oh my 50. God, this is crazy. I don't know. I just <clears throat> thought it was exciting. I, I I'm like easily one over, so I guess. Yeah. All right, look, Amen. we talked about AJ yeah. being injured. Now we got Rey Mysterio. It's so funny because we watched this match, right? He beat, Samo- he beat Samoa Joe with this questionable pin. Samoa had his arm way up. And then after the match, he throws a fit and gives one of those like really nasty choke slams to Rey Mysterio. Like up slams him down. You see these kind of things in the video games, SmackDown versus Raw, and you'd be like, oh, damn. But apparently, Ray separated his shoulder, and he's going to drop the U.S. title. So all this is shit. I think J-Bomb is right. I think the U.S. title is a curse. It's a fucking curse. I think it's a curse. It's so funny. You have Samoa go out, he loses this short matchup, gives the title to Rey Mysterio, and then like Rey Mysterio gets injured right away. And then it just it just seems to be a curse. Yeah, it's a shitty title, and they always give it, they don't, I don't know, man, I'm at a loss here, I'm at a loss here, it's like, you know what it's like, I was just in Florida, I came home, okay, I'm not gonna go swimming in my cold ass pool, because I was just in a nice hot pool, that's what Raw and SmackDown felt like after Double or Nothing. Can I go swimming in your pool? It's not open yet. Uh, get, it's going to be open on Friday, though. It'll I don't have a Friday. pool, but uh, yeah. I was trying to like weasel my way over to my brother's house. Or like, you know, <clears> hey, how's it going? You want to go outside? Just I don't have Florida. I don't have an own pool. Mine is the, like the bathtub with cold water. That is my, that's my refreshment. So you're, you're WWE. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Is there any other takeaways before we get into our next predictions you want to talk yes, about? Yes, there's there's still there's still a little bit to go. I'm going to try to get Sorry. them as quick as possible. We spent through a lot of our show talking about AEW. Obviously, there's reason to because it's been awesome. Uh, but one thing I wanted to call out this week was, look, there hasn't been much wrestling on the show. I talked about how Raw went through the first hour with basically any wrestling. I think Shane only started wrestling into the second hour. But they gave us Cesaro versus Ricochet yet again. 
So if they're going to give us any matches, they're giving us the same matches they've given us before. Uh, yeah. But I will say, I love the Cesaro-Ricochet matches. I wish this could have been the best of seven that we got instead of Sheamus. Uh, but I love what these guys are doing in the ring. And uh, I, know I wouldn't even be that upset if we got it again next week. I know a lot of people would start complaining. But like they would just complain to complain because the matches that we've been getting is like if you would put a match between these two on AEW, like oh here we go back to AEW, it would just be <laughs> oh it was a good match. That's my point. <laughs> it was it was a good wrestling. Match. It was wrestling. Yeah, it was a good match, and and you know that's that's all we need to really have a successful Raw and SmackDown is to give us two or three really good matches. Like if they gave us three twenty minute bangers. Every week on Raw, that means it's one hour out of the three is matches. 20 minutes and, every hour, you know, and then maybe like a short match or something here or there. Like, I agree with you. I think like... The short matches suck, bro. Less can they be suck. more. Yeah, less can be more. And I think like really making it count. So I think those kind of matches are good to have. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we're on the same page there. Yeah, okay. Good shit. Firefly Funhouse. Firefly Funhouse. Firefly Funhouse. Firefly Funhouse. It's hard to say. Yeah. You still digging it, or is it going on too long for you? Because I a week or two ago was saying that I just want to see this guy wrestle in the ring, and I'm kind of getting tired of them. But then he debuted his his new gimmick, which he calls the Fiend. Apparently, mm-hmm. so that's the okay. name of it. He's the Fiend, uh, and he's like, I'm the Fiend. And then now we're just back to where we were before. He's doing the limbo. He's putting a pie plate in front of his face. Uh, I want to see him in the ring. What are you enjoying it still? Uh, yeah, no, I am still enjoying it. I mean, it's kind of the highlight of Raw. Uh, I, I never, I haven't watched it in three weeks. So every, about half an hour after Raw goes off the air, I do YouTube Firefly Funhouse. God, it's hard to say. Firefly, Firefly Funhouse. I do YouTube it to watch it. So it's doing something right. Am I bored of it? No. probably. If, if Raw was better, I would probably be bored of this. But Raw is so shit that... It's the highlight, so yeah, I'm checking it out every week. Good shit. All right, let's go over to SmackDown really quickly. KO comes out. Got a rematch. KO versus Kofi Kingston. I feel like Kevin Owens legit looks unhappy. He comes out. Maybe he's he's a great actor. Maybe he's good at, you know, kind of making himself look that way. But it looks like, you know, ever since his match and his loss against Kofi Kingston, he walked away last week, dropped the, well, left the Sammy out to finish the promo. I guess it I get it was scripted. But I just feel like there's there's not that twinkle in his eye. I think he, when he went to WWE, he was like, this is my dream. And I feel like he puts a lot of pressure on himself, wanting to be the best. And the fact that he can't be in that, I guess, spot right now frustrates him. But we saw a matchup between the two. Kevin Owens took another loss against Kofi Kingston. Sold the shit out of the trouble in paradise. And uh, it looks like they're rehashing and giving us a lot of the same things we've been seeing week after week after week. Fresh matches. No rematch clause. You guys... You guys are in control. Yeah, what happened to that? Remember when Triple H and and Stephanie and Shane and Vince were like, "Let's change, change." We're listening to you. We're gonna do that. Nothing ever happened. Came of it. It's like that's good shit. Yeah, it's good shit. <laughs> it's good shit. It's good shit. You guys go back and listen to them talk about the promos <laughs> that they were writing for Moxley. It was hilarious just to hear the the process of how frustrating and how much Ambrose. Look, if you want to knock this guy for walking out, just listen to what he was going through. And think about what everybody else is going through, too. So, Except for Sasha Banks. Fuck her. Daniel Bryan, he has a new saying now. No longer is it fickle. Now it is fracking. 
Fracking is his word now. I guess so we can get the closest thing to fucking on t-shirts, I guess. So we can say fracking instead of fucking. <laughs> well, yeah, he uses okay. it in his promos. So I guess that's a clever way of doing it. And he's talking about pigs. And he gave a pig a name this week. And he called the pig Wiggles the Pig. So he's talking about hot dogs. But did you not know that the hot dogs that you guys eat are from Wiggles the Pig? And he is a smart, well-distinguished pig who has a high school and college degree and went on to create the cure to polio. And you guys are all eating Wiggles the Pig. Frack you. Frack you. He says frack you. Fracking. But I mean, he's, you know, it's the first week with it. We'll see where it goes. So basically he talks about how he's good. He's going to make the tag team division be relevant again. He knocks it and say how it's garbage. And the first contenders come out and it's going to be heavy machinery. So tag team division alive. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Mandy versus Carmella. We're getting that match again this week. Again, recycled matches. Mandy picks up the win with a nice knee to the face. Outside of that, the match was very sloppy. I watched Mandy wrestle, and I feel like she's she's just not good. When she goes <laughs> when she goes to punch, she over exaggerates the punch. She goes to kick, like it just everything is just very mediocre. It seems like the WWE has kind of gone full in with her, and like let's push this girl. We like her blonde hair, other assets that are appealing to people, and I kind of like Mandy on the mic. Her promo skill isn't bad, and I definitely see her being. A pretty cool player down the line once she gets enough development. But I feel like if you're putting her and Carmella in a match over the Kabuki Warriors, blows my mind because you had the Kabuki Warriors come out, win an amazing match, and then say, they're the Kabuki Warriors. They're our tag team. They're taking on the tag team division by storm. And then they're not there two weeks in a row. What the fuck? Good shit. Good good shit. shit. I don't know what to tell you, man. I, I don't know if they realized the name was bad or what it is, or they said, hey, well, now we got Becky and Nikki working. We got Charlotte and Lacey working. So let's put them in the back burner. You know, uh, I don't know. It's very frustrating. We've had these two girls, the Kabuki Warriors, going out and doing dark matches. They did it again this week and beat the Iconics during the dark match. So you had the tag team, women tag team champions in the match, in a dark match. Like, what the, what the hell is going on, my friends? <laughs> we should have done uh, sweet or salty. And oh, I'm telling you, salt. we don't mean to be all negative, salt. guys, but I mean, I guess AEW opened our eyes, and I mean, there's lots of positives and lots of po- like. Look, man, <laughs> the roster itself and the WWE has never been more stacked than it is now. Amazing athletes on it. I'm just really frustrated in the way they're being utilized, squandered, and ruined. Um, so that's also ties in with a lot of the NXT talent we're seeing. I was just mentioning how Charlotte and Lacey look like they're going to be a solid tag team. And look, they, they work. I see them together. They're having tea together. They're two strong women. And lots of people are saying, hey, this should be a great tag team. If you want to make the tag team division and the titles mean something, put it on these two ladies. As much as I love the no, I don't love the Kabuki Warriors. As much as I love Asuka and Kyrie, um, I, I see it. I'm like, damn, you know what? I will put the back burner on Asuka and Kyrie. Give the titles to Charlotte and Lacey. These two women can make it something. I, I, I strongly agree with it. That's how much I see the vision. That I will put my love for Asuka on the side. But Whoa. but now, this week, they're feuding. So what the F is that? You know, I guess they're <laughs> fast forwarding. And they're putting, you know, like we saw Bailey against Lacey. 
Bailey picked up a win against Lacey. It was a nice roll-up. I liked the way she rolled her up. It was really cool. Um, the match itself was decent. I got no problem with that. But then after the match, Lacey and Charlotte have some kind of tension. They attack each other. So I don't know where this is going. Maybe they're going to be like have competitive rival rivalry with each other, but also be tag team because Charlotte talked about it during her her, her moment on, with the announced team. I don't know what's going on, man. What is going on? <laughs> they're already foreshadowing them being successful and then turning on each other because, you know, we've never seen that one before. I also feel like Charlotte's not on point as she was anymore. Like, I hear her promos and her on the announced, with the announced team cutting her promo and saying things. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like she used to be sharper. She used to be nastier. And look, I'm going to draw heat with this because that's how the world is now. Charlotte's a beautiful woman. I don't know what she's doing outside the WWE, but her face is always swollen and puffy and stuff. And it's like, well, I mean, Andrade, bro. Well, I, yeah, I don't know, man. Hey, hey, first of all, before I move on to Andrade, Charlotte's amazing, lovely, beautiful women. Free, free to do what you want with your body. Just saying. She was beautiful already. All right. Andrade cutting the first promo all by himself. No Zelina Vega and cut it in English. And I'm pretty really? sure he probably worked with Charlotte all week to do that promo and memorized it word for word over and over and over and over. Cool. Good for you. You're you're learning the you're learning the English. Wasn't too bad. But it looks like it's gonna be Balor, the demon Balor, versus Andrade at Super Showdown. You think they'll make Andrade be the first to beat the demon? No. You don't really see big changes happen at the, in Saudi anyway, so I think it'll just be a match. I think Andrade is destined to be the IC title. Uh, sorry, to be the IC champion, but mm-hmm. uh I don't know if it's gonna be at that show. I mean I don't think I don't see him beating the demon. Speaking of demons, Alistair Black cutting another promo, very cryptic, talking about how basically, well, who's waiting to pick the first fight with Alistair Black? He's like, in reality, you know, I'm looking... Stop. Okay, J-Bomb's farting over there. He's got these Florida farts over I'm there. I'm muting the microphone. Yeah, I see that, but I'm trying to talk about things, and I see this guy leaning over on his chair and like lifting his butt up and popping him out, guys. Don't tell them the secrets. That's why we're on radio. Well, you should... I, I can't help it. I'm trying to concentrate, and all I see is you leaning back and forth and dropping bombs. I ate a lot of cheese. A lot of cheese. <laughs> you can edit that out if you want. All right. I'll keep it in. Before we get to our NXT predictions, The Undertaker is going to be on TV next week. Trying to get some ratings, trying to get the match set up. So typical of them. Super showdown. We've got this match coming up. Let's throw them the week before. Let's have Undertaker. Let's have Goldberg. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, at least it's two guys you haven't seen in a while. It's a reason to tune in. I'm actually more interested to tune in for this segment than the actual match itself. But, you know, they're starting to build up for... Super Showdown. And on that note, we have Triple H and Orton. All they've been doing is airing promos every week. So instead of having Orton show up on SmackDown or on Raw, I'm sure he's available. But no, they're not having Triple H and Orton talk backstage, cut any kind of promos. Maybe this week coming up they will because they're going to have to have some kind of buildup going into the match. But I feel like, man, if you can keep airing these packages with Randy Orton and Triple H, why aren't we getting the Kabuki Warriors? <laughs> It's all about the Kabuki Warriors. <laughs> and another match that was announced at Super Showdown. Lars Sullivan and Handicap Match against Luchadors. Lucha, Lucha House Party. Like, what the hell? That's the sound of a salt shaker. I don't know, man. Hey, he deleted his Twitter account, eh? 
Who has? Lars Sullivan. We probably had to. <laughs> that was part of sensitivity training. It's like, yeah, yeah they're just, like, okay, just delete it. Lars, we went and dug, and what they found wasn't even that bad compared to what the other stuff we found. So delete your fucking account. All right. All right, guys, look, we've been talking about a lot, a lot of AW, a lot of talk is Jericho. J Bomb is itching to get out of here and go watch the Bruins get their ass kicked by the St. Louis Blues. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good joke. Good joke. Well, it could be the Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, you know, could it could be easier, or it could be the you know the Blue Jackets. You know, or, what Maple Leafs were, not... were the only real hurdle for you guys. Uh, well, the hurdle is getting in the playoffs. Okay, so a lot of people are talking shit about the Bruins. Oh, they've had an easy look, and most of those people are Habs fans. Look, make the fucking playoffs, then you can have a voice. It's not just the Habs fans, man. It's not the Habs. Okay, fans. the Leafs fans people... are also doing no, it too. Lots of people but are saying lost. that the Bruins have had a cakewalk. But you know what? I actually disagree. I will disagree. Playoffs. I disagree. I think they had a really challenge, a really big challenge against Toronto. Look, they almost got eliminated by Toronto. Columbus yep. Blue Jackets also gave them a run for their money in certain games. I would say that Carolina was a bit of a, yeah, they smoke Carolina. Yeah, it was a bit of an easy yeah. round. Well, look, we can't say that for St. Louis. It only just started. You were just saying how St. Louis almost took the game for Game One, and they turned around Boston. So, well, they, they took I'm, the first period. They took I'm, the first period. All I'm doing is trolling you, man. That's all part of the fun. I'm happy for you. I hope you enjoy it. And at the same time, I'm just dragging this on so you can't go watch your game, bitch. Okay, we got 15 minutes to the game, and I want to talk NXT Takeover. I'm gonna push. I'm gonna push the envelope. I did. I'm sorry if I was boring during that that roundup of SmackDown and Raw. I'm sure I would have been better if I had watched it. I literally haven't watched WWE in three weeks outside of Money in the Bank. This is no bad. different than any other week where you're like, I didn't watch no, Raw or SmackDown. No, dude. No, I would always watch it or skim through it. It's just it's <laughs> or unbearable. Skip, or skip it. I watch Raw on my lunch break. It's like I watch a three-hour show on my one-hour lunch break. Actually, I would watch it in like 20 minutes. Oh. Because, <laughs> yo, I would watch the talking segments, and I'm like, uh, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. And then there'd be a match, and I'd be like, well, who cares? This literally doesn't mean anything. Uh, unless it's Ricochet versus Cesaro. No, I, I would watch that uh, on GIF. Oh, you bitch. <laughs> All right, NXT TakeOver 25. It's happening this weekend. Surprise, surprise. Mm. I... I, yep. I as far as I know, it was supposed to be June 8th, and they've moved it to June 1st. Cool. Something to look forward to for the weekend. So, hey, guys. wait. No, I, I have an NXT thing. I have one. Let's do it. Here we go. Oh, that wasn't what I thought it was. Oh, well. It is what it is. J-Bomb's still rusty coming back to talk. I mean, yeah, I'll forgive you for yeah. this one. That's All right, cool. guys. So we got talk. We sorry. We got NXT coming up this weekend. Main event: Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. We're gonna go from. Let's go. Let's just go right into the main event here, man. Let's do it. Let's go from the top to the bottom. Gargano, Adam Cole. 